There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, hour three of the Lori and Julia show, Wednesday, May 18th edition. Thanks for listening live, or maybe you're listening in the future uh, as a podcast. You can do that on the app. Or at mytalk1071.com. Check us out. We're podcasts. Check it out. Um, okay, so, you know, last week we were giving away the tickets for people to watch early Pink's documentary. Yes, on yes. Right. Right. And uh, she had her, de- she debuted this documentary, Pink, All I Know So Far, for a crowd of mostly essential workers last night at um, um, at the Hollywood Bowl, along with a short performance and a, a a small red carpet, but it was it was her first live uh, performance, and she took over the Hollywood Bowl for that. And the documentary is directed by the Greatest Showman director Michael Gracie, and it follows her on the beautiful trauma tour she played all across Europe, and, and the whole family. And she debuted the film in person, and um, it was four songs: "Cover Me in Sunshine," and then the documentary's closing track. All I know so far for a crowd of it was like mostly essential and frontline workers. And, um, you know, Pink's mom was an ER nurse, her stepmom is a nurse, so she felt really passionate about making um, that film. And I guess he convinced her to film her road to Wembley Stadium after the two of them worked on The Greatest Showman's A Million Dreams. Oh, yeah, the song for the Hugh Grant movie, which was. She did the remake or yeah, something. I something, think. Yeah. and she yeah, was like, she "I did don't the original." No, yeah, I don't know why anyone. Yeah, Jackman. I don't know why anyone would want to watch me. You know, on the road to Wembley, oh, at right. all these stadiums across Europe. And then I thought about it, and I thought, "Yeah, it's my stadium run, and it's with babies, and it's doing the impossible, and it's a two hundred member." She kind of got into it, but she really had to think about it. And last night, she was on. Um, uh, I want to see this. Uh, yeah, sort of. I want to watch it too. Um, so she was on with Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, and she just seems like a like many of us that are vaccinated and getting back out there and giddy. doing stuff. That yeah, kind of giddy. Yep. And they, a new lease on life. They started the show with the Steve Buscemi story. We had Steve Buscemi on the show, and he was explain. <laughs> he told me some story. That sounded pretty insane. This is when you first started out, you ran up to him because he obviously he was Mr. Pink uh, in Reservoir Dogs. Right. He said he thinks you came up to him and said, like, <laughs> you don't understand, but I'm named after you and I'm going to be a big one day or something. And he was freaking out about buying a gift or something. For, he had a big, long story, but he was so embarrassed. And he thinks it was you and he never got a chance to apologize to you. Do you know what I'm talking about? And is this a real story? Oh, I... 
No, it's a real story. <laughs> but to be fair, I ran at him on a New York street. I, I physically, I'm like a hummingbird with my love. I'm very aggressive. Okay. And I was just this pink hair. I remember I was dressed in like all, all a silver ensemble and I had short pink hair and a tongue ring and I just, you're Steve Buscemi and you're Mr. Pink and I'm pink and you're pink and I'm going to be so famous and I just love you. And then I got my, and he's like, what the <laughs> He's like, ah! I would have reacted that way too. Okay. It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> That's so funny. And you haven't seen each other since? No. I mean, all the time. <laughs> For 20 years, I was like, that guy hates me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, well, he, anyway, he was embarrassed and he was like, because obviously we know who you are now uh, if, if you don't it came true that's that's it, awesome i know julia of course has never seen reservoir dogs so i saw it, did but, I you? but i don't know that i remember it oh, really he's no, mr pink you can't really that one launched tarantino's career yeah i can't I think believe I saw you watched it. that whole movie that is not i don't know that i made it to the whole movie bill maybe watched it i remember back in the day yeah pretty violent i yeah that was a hard movie like i remember just didn't that come out like at the same yeah putting my hand up like especially oh. and then never hearing stuck in the middle of oh. with you the yeah, same way again because of a scene with michael madsen yeah, a that's, nice you're right. Ear. That's probably why you checked out, Julia. It had a lot of tension. A lot of no, tension. I don't like that. <laughs> I checked out of Ozark for the same reason. For the same why do reason. they keep making dumb decisions? I can't but handle it. But you stuck it. with uh, the serpent, because I'm like three or four into the serpent. And oh. I'm like, ah, I can't handle it. I wanted tension. to get out of it, but I felt if you wait a couple days, like seven. You might forget too much. You can, But you can go back in and watch it. I didn't. That's kind of why I take breaks. I took breaks yeah. from that show because I yeah. couldn't stand it, it, the tension anymore. Yeah. Oh, I, what was the one Casey was watching when you were gone a couple weekends ago that he's just said, it is so stressful to watch this show. Yeah, I don't some, know. Some, I, I'll figure it out. But he said, it's just, I'm so anxious watching it, but I keep watching. Yeah, I don't know why I do it. It must be an uber violent show. Yes, I think so. Because sometimes I'm just, I don't have the same appetite that Which he is does. surprising to me. Yeah, I know. But, you know. He's a he's a little bit more violent than I am. He's got <laughs> in the blood. Um, okay, speaking of the exact opposite of Reservoir Dog, uh, Holly posted for us the trailer for Dear Evan Hansen, starring oh. the star of the Broadway show Brent Ben Platt, and it is going to hit theaters on September twenty fourth, on the same day that Dear Evan Hansen reopens on Broadway. So it looks. Julianne uh, Moore um, uh, and Amy Adams. Uh, no, I can't tell you how it, much it looks I so loved, good. It I looks can't so good. tell you how much I loved seeing this when it was here. Dale Stark from Hennepin Theater Trust was mm-hmm. like, "You're gonna love this one. You're gonna love this one." I don't think you went. I was out of town. Yeah, Donnie didn't go, but I went, and I just thought this show—it's so clever. It's so good. The music is so delicious i can't wait to go see a broadway play again a show and amanda Amanda stenberg from the hate you give is also in it but it looks really good good story it's a it's a you know it does it's not a full musical type of movie right like in the heights you know is really going to be mostly singing this this is me it's singing and talking yeah it's a story with the singing Anyway, so I don't know if that'll help the Broadway show. I would think so. Oh, it's so good. You know that it's opening it's so at the good. same time. 
Um, Sharon Stone. Uh, I saw. Still giving interviews for her New York Times bestselling book, which I still have not read, but I'm reading every and following every interview she does. So I'll get to it. But anyway. You will not. I will, Julia. Do you think so? I, I will. She was on the Australian show, A Current Affair. And um, when the host, Tracy Grisham, asked Sharon directly, if she, because I guess the basic instinct is celebrating its 30th anniversary. Okay. And there's going to be a director's triple X cut, which basically is going to be we're gonna, serious. Seriously. And she's, is there a need to do this? Here's, seriously. Here's what she said. She said, there are, she said, can't you do anything to prevent this from coming out? I mean, do, why it do we need wrong. to see this? It right. just seems salacious. Right. And she said, um, she said, no, she said, if the movie had been filmed, like maybe in the last 10 years, she might be able to have say in it. She said there are new screen actor actors guild rules about that that have been made and created, but they were made after I, as a young lady, she was 34, made this film. And so they don't apply to me. Got it. And, um, she just said, listen, I I don't regret that movie. Regrets are like farts. You can't get them back. Once they're out, they're stinky and gone. That, yeah, that was go. her thing That's about a very it. good analogy. I kind of like that a lot. And the the director, Paul Verhoeven, has maintained that Sharon is lying about being uh, misled as to how revealing the crotch shot scene would be. Um, he told uh, Icon Magazine in 2017... Any actress knows what she's going to see if you ask her to take off her underwear and point there with the camera. He told her that there was a glare because of the thing. So I don't believe Paul Verhoeven about that. I just like watching you pronounce that name. Paul Verhoeven. (laughs) Good Dutch name. Anyway, so she's still. I think you're putting an extra syllable. In I think so Verhoeven? too. I, 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 I just, I do too, but I kind of like. not known for. Yeah, right. I kind of dig that you're doing a Julia. Yeah, you know, right. the thing that I did notice because she was in this rose colored dress and she did an Instagram picture and everything. She's still doing that part in the middle with that short haircut. It's. I don't know what she's thinking. I don't either. And I don't know, but she she's following doing... the trend of the center part right now to be, you know, more and be on chuggy. You don't want to be chuggy. You don't want to be chuggy with that center part. Yeah. But her center part is it's tragic with that short hair. Uh, I don't like it, Lori. Do you? I will. But like her hairstyle. Do you like her hairstyle? Let's just be honest right now. No, I it's don't. Horrible. No, I want. I want her to. We want more. We want more. But I think maybe Sharon is like just not uh, really giving a flying. You know what? Because she's doing so many interviews. She really a current is. affair in Australia. She's probably doing them all over the place. Right. She's having book burnout, but her publisher keeps. Begging her to do it to sell more copies, <laughs> get her story out get there, it going. get it going. <laughs> I wonder how much you get paid for that. Like, I was shocked that Andrew Cuomo got paid $5.1 million advance for his memoir. I'm like, what? So he can explain that he was a pig and harassed women? <laughs> I mean, five, they're never going to make that money back. I don't know how much either, Lori. Because That's going to be a sale bin book. I guarantee you. I yeah. Just, I really do. I just think, nope, they overpaid. 
on that book. Right. Karen Stone didn't get Maybe any. it was all done before all everything came out in the last year. I know. Janet Jackson pay her five million because right. she was gonna write a book Brad seventeen Pitt, years twenty. Ago. Yeah, he, he, he ever talk? Apparently those who wish me dead, um uh, my mom oh, watched it with my brother and my this sister. This is the Angelina Jolie the movie Fighter. that you were so excited for. Yeah, here's the review. <laughs> it got, it's not bad on Rotten Tomatoes. No, but I want to hear your family's review because well, this will be better. Because your mom thought Billie Holiday was a porno. What, yeah, what, what, she did. I can't wait to hear this it's review. It's really not that on great. Angelina Jolie firefighter movie, which is on, like, what? I don't even know. You have to pay for it, though, it's right? It's on HBO. Okay. Um so I asked her, they were doing like a movie, yeah, yeah. and I said, how was movie? And she said, it was too violent, but everyone liked it, but not me. <laughs> so there you go. If you don't like violent movies, but right. everyone else liked it. Okay. My sister liked it. And she said there was a lot of crouching and smoke. Well, they're in a forest fire. Yeah, right. so you're supposed to go low. <laughs> drop, stop, and roll, or right. drop, roll, and stop, or whatever. So anyway, but she, I really uh, admired Angelina. She was treating this like a, she did press junket. She She was on Access Entertainment Tonight. She was doing interviews with CBS. She didn't really have any. She's an executive producer behind this. I don't know if she is or not, but Mm -hmm. um, Taylor Sheridan, who did Come Hell or High Water and Sicario, the, the critics were just kind of like ho-hama about it, too. Okay. You know, I think it was like 60 Well, because next weekend's the big weekend for Quiet Place, too. That is their hoping yeah. that people are going to go yes. in the theaters yes. and see it. Otherwise, I think so. I'm ready to go see it. I'm just kind of burnt out on that stuff, like, because we want to do outside stuff right now. See, in yeah. Minnesota, it's just so... Yeah. But I still love the movie theater I want to go to the theater I want to get the popcorn, popcorn so bad down. and sit back in a reclining chair. Yeah. Agree. I do like that. All right, listen, we got to go. It's time for the Dirt Alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hey, Holly. What afternoon? What is going on in the dirt today? Oh, well, welcome back to the Dirt Alert, Julia. Yes. Well, we've got some Prince gossip, courtesy of Sinead O'Connor. Oh. Sinead O'Connor has a new memoir out. Oh. It's called Rememberings. Oh, dear. And she sat down and did an interview with the New York Times, and it's quite fascinating. And one of the little anecdotes that I'm going to bring to you today is that at one point, Sinead O'Connor had pledged to reveal the details of her relationship with Prince when, quote, I'm an old lady and I write my book. Well, that day is... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Today, and now she has given some details. Mm-mm. So, as we all know, or maybe you don't, Prince wrote Sinead O'Connor's hit song, Nothing Compares to You. So this I mean, is- that, that song made her, I mean, that first album was so great, but that was like, she had worldwide fame for that song yes, and video. Did. Yes, she did. So Sinead O'Connor is writing in her new memoir, 
that Prince summoned her to his Hollywood mansion, chastised her for swearing in interviews, harangued his butler to serve her soup, though she repeatedly refused it, (laughs) and then sweetly suggested a pillow fight, only to thump her with something hard he'd slipped into his pillowcase. Sinead O'Connor escaped his uh, a Hollywood mansion in the middle of the night on foot, she writes, and then Prince stalked her with his car, leapt out, and chased her around the highway. What? This is what Sinead O'Connor... That doesn't even sound like Prince. ...is saying in her memoir. Now, she says of uh, her uh, encounters with Prince... Was this, like, after she'd recorded this song? Was this, like, some years later? What is the time period? You know, I think that this is probably at the height of things. I'm only guessing at this point, just based on the interview, they're not giving exact mm. dates. But he was living in Hollywood at the time. And so, so that was the 3121 house. Rocco, what years was yeah, that? Yeah, look that up. So that would have been, this would have been after she'd recorded Nothing Compares to You. Yeah, so it would have been a hit, and she would have been famous at this point. Okay, so maybe she's like, you're in town, come over, or something like that. Yeah, so she does say that even though her best-known song was written by Prince, and he allegedly did this to her, she's like, you know what, as far as I'm concerned, Nothing Compares to You is my song. So no hard feelings necessarily, but I, this is, this is my song. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, be doing that. Yeah. That just sounds, that almost sounds like a, like a stoned memory or something like that. It's just so bizarre. Well, that, that is Sinead O'Connor's story. That is, isn't it? And that is going to be in her memoir, Rememberings. It's actually quite a fascinating interview with Sinead O'Connor. It is. In the New York Times, yeah. And she's been pretty open, I think, about her um, mental health. what she struggled with. Yeah, and she goes through and she talks about that. And one of the things that uh, I didn't know about Sinead O'Connor, you know, she got a lot of flack for taking that picture of Pope John Paul II and tearing it up. Oh, that seems so quaint. Right. Well, (laughs) the story behind that photograph is that Sinead O'Connor says she was abused by her mother at an early age, at a very young age. And yeah, that, she has talked about that yeah. before. Her mom was violent, I yeah. believe. And when her mother passed away when she was a teenager, Sinead O'Connor took the only thing that was on her mother's wall, which was that picture of mm-hmm. Pope John Paul II. So she was making a personal statement about child abuse as well as a larger mm-hmm. statement about the systemic child abuse that happened in the Catholic Church. Yeah. So. Yeah. And now now it's just like, you're like, good for you, Sinead O'Connor. And I can't believe the whole world clutched its pearls over that. Mm-hmm. A different time. 30 years ago yeah. almost that happened. Uh, an update on Chrissy Teigen's cookware. Page 6 reporting that Bloomingdale's has walked away from a deal with Chrissy Teigen at the 11th hour because of her cyberbullying scandal. Now Macy's appears to have dropped Chrissy Teigen's craving by Chrissy cookware line this week. And then now Page 6 reporting that Bloomingdale's was hours away from signing a contract with Chrissy Teigen. And then they decided that no, we are not going to be moving forward with our business deal. Chrissy, when she apologized to Courtney Stodden last week, but still kept Courtney Stodden blocked and saying that she tried to reach out to her was really PR dumb. Yeah, yeah. Because Courtney Stodden then was asked about it and she said, well, I'm glad she apologized to me for how awful she was with her direct messages to tell me to kill myself, but she has not reached out to me. She's blocked me. 
Yeah. So, so then, Chris, that means, Chris, you know, it's just like, oh, why are people such terrible apologizers? Uh, so that is the latest development in th- that story. Yeah, I think Target dropped her, too. Well, the story with Target was that... It wasn't because of oh, all that. of this. It was already in yeah. the works. It was already in the works, and that at the beginning of the year, their business relationship had ended. I mean, which you would could say was probably was true because yeah. if if Chrissy Teigen was then going to do business with Bloomingdale's instead of Target, yeah. positioning her cookware in a different department store. Well, I mean, boy, here's the lesson Chrissy Teigen is learning that uh, you know she was really a mean. No woman kidding. Before, when she was 26, 27 yep. years old. Mean. And she's too old. That's too old to well, be mean, not, I think. I mean, you don't I think don't, so? I think you're still very right. arrogant and have a certain, you know, I don't know what you call it in your 20s, but you have a very much, you know, everything still. A different point of view. You haven't been humbled and humiliated yet. That waits for the 30s. All right, that's true. I mean, you might have had humbling and humiliating things, but nothing has taken you down, and you can be quite quite hot-headed about things. Sure, sure. And also, thinking about our relationship with social media, uh, 10 years ago, it... mm, I our relationships have changed. That's true. You know, and and so and we people like that she was mean, but I don't think people realize that she was direct messaging Courtney Sodden. Well, yeah, that's a whole other level. That's, that's a, just terrible. A whole mm-hmm. other level of just mean. Yeah, it's one thing if you're participating in the popular discourse at the time, and, yeah. and you say things that you regret, or you you phrase things in a way you're just like, "Ooh, yikes!" You know, yeah. I I would not have that opinion ten years after I said that. But yeah. it, it's a whole other ball game when you're direct messaging somebody those kinds of messages. Melinda French Gates was not entirely in the dark when it came to Bill Gates's alleged indiscretions at Microsoft. So a source is telling People.com exclusively this afternoon that Melinda was aware that there were some issues, but it's unclear if she knew about all of it. I do you think that some people she knew that he was paying off with, let's just say... A million dollars in an NDA. Yeah, and your kids are only getting ten. Ten million. I. It's and they that stops them from and doing amazing. And maybe there was something in their thing. I. I mean, and I don't know who knows what he was saying, but I just love that her team is spilling all this stuff. Oh yeah. And that we are to call her Melinda French Gates now. Yes, and it says that right there directly in this People.com story. So I guess we know why everyone in the family is taking Melinda's side. Everyone. In all seriousness, I I do think that, you know, maybe they had good plans or whatever, but it just seems like $10 That would be like you and I leaving our kids. I don't know, Julia. What? Fifty like bucks. Fifty bucks or something. At the most. Like, at the and most. maybe a negative two fifty. Right. Well, Bill Gates just to pay for the burial. <laughs> right. Bill Gates signed on to Warren Buffett's giving pledge. I so understand that, but still, we don't <laughs> well, like that's, it. Well, that's that's yeah. That's... We don't like it. We want his kids to start their own foundations. Damn it. Oh, uh, well. Let's... Uh, this uh, is the study uh, of duh, uh, with noted uh, academic uh, journal uh, skimmer uh, Lori. Everybody knows. Uh, yeah. Everyone knows that, though. <laughs> that is one of my best. I like that. That is like really that a good one. Here is a real duh. All right, give it to me. Real duh. Working long hours is killing hundreds of thousands of people a year. So says uh, the World Health Organization. Working 55 hours or more a week is a serious health hazard. 
Who doesn't do that? I don't know. But I mean, he, then everyone's in serious health. Well, we are all in trouble. The who is saying capping hours would be beneficial for employees, th- employers, since it's been shown to increase worker productivity. I would have thought you would have been all for this study. Little Miss, everyone should have Fridays off and go to a four-day work week. Well, I, I, you know I'm all for that, but there's some careers where you... It's a killer. I, I believe it's a, in Lori. Stroke and heart disease. They stroke. did a study. They did a study and things went up 30% in four years. Wow. From those kind of deaths. From 20, you know, to, they're behind them. But this was 2016 from, um, you know, 20, whatever the math is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 2012. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So anyway, just saying, you know, if you can work that in. I'm sorry, um, Mr. Bossman or Ms. Bossman, working more than 55 hours. It's a serious health hazard. I can't take it right now. All right. Well, that one. Here's one. <laughs> that, that one, that one went over care. like a lead balloon. Right. No, Let's this try is, the next This one. is from the journal MED, M-E-D, all okay. caps. And uh, it, what caught my eye on this study, you know, when most people, when I say think of breathing... In through the nose, mm-hmm. out through the mouth. That's right. Well, Julia, could the future of respiratory health respiratory health mean breathing from another? Into your ass? That's <laughs> right. Out through your nose? <laughs> How do you do that? We might be able to breathe through our backside one day just like pigs and, and mice. Well, and I'm thinking... Who wants to learn how to take in air in the Fatuski? Well, I'll tell you why. They, <laughs> I mean, why do we want to know? That's a better word choice. By yeah, the Fatuski. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but why do we want to do this? I'll tell you why they've come across this. Because, because you have a filter the, over it. You have a natural born mask in your underwear. The demand. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, the demand for ventilators during the time of COVID. So they need to have one that goes in your ass. That's in your Patuski. Patuski, yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Intestinal okay, ventilation uh, Let's go systems. visit mom in the hospital. She's <laughs> got a ventilator and a Patuski. Mom, can you flip her over? Where's well, the Patuski cover? But the ventilator, if you've ever seen anybody on a ventilator, it looks, it, it's I don't want excited. to. It's, it's beyond awful. I don't so want to see so watching laying a, on their ventilator on and the you side. Being, yeah, unaware of it seems. Uh, so it would go. There would be a hole underneath the hospital bed, and you just put in a butt plug, be, kind of a Petuski plug. You wouldn't have to. People wouldn't have to. It wouldn't be. You so could still traumatic. talk. That's right. If I I'm, don't know about this, I do right. not well, know. That's a good idea. You could still talk. That's you guys right. could do your show with you, a ventilator. We could just have ventilators in our fannies. After all, you do have a natural born mask in your underwear. Quote Julia Cobbs. Four right. seconds ago. <laughs> well, think of the protective layers. Yeah. <laughs> Researchers plan on expanding. Oh this. my gosh! They said it was desperate. They needed well, I new understand. ways to treat respiratory, I respiratory failures. Right. And they realized that pigs and mice breathe to their Patuski through their mm-hmm. little rectums as, as it, it were. were that's such a fun name to in say in and out gives a whole new meaning in and out well I'm thinking okay so you know how to kegel okay your peagle mm-hmm. but you know how to do that so you know the muscle is there that you can make this in and out motion with that's right I don't know well we all know how to squeeze and release our, our Patuskis mm-hmm. but I don't know you how machine 
Yeah. They've got a lot of They've got work, a lot to of do work to do. Because we're not pigs or rats. No. Yeah. And, 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 uh, Anyway, and they're just like they're they were de- this they were desperate just to come up with our other another artificial respiratory support, another way to b- get air into your body. That's right, Julia. And do you want to take it in your ear, or do you want to take it in your Batuski? <laughs> <laughs> There's this is a choice. Right. Wow. I'll, I'll take that quote out of context. <laughs> right. Where do you want to get hit the hardest? I don't know, but it brings. You know, it really would allow people to still talk if you could. You know, it's it just it would just be a whole different level of care. Well, and the upset of Of having this thing on the front of people. Yes. But, you know, at the same time, it feels like you have to travel so much further to get to your lungs. Julia, we don't know if it's a bellows type of approach. <laughs> like a bellows and that's one of my favorite words. I My bellows at my cabin is broken, and oh, I've been no. looking online for probably three or four years for a new bellows. Um, and Glenda I just, or Glenda probably has I bet one. they do. I mean, it's just funny because I love a bellow. I love yeah. using that motion. <laughs> <laughs> to build a fire in my fireplace. That's what I'm envisioning for the rectum ventilator. <laughs> yes. Julia is taking a bellows up her mom's butt and yeah. just gently Mom, squeezing. Just relax. This is my favorite instrument. Just relax. I play it really well. I got this from Your mom's going, what's that ash smell? <laughs> <laughs> it smells like ash in here. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a little cold. Right. You know? Oh, that's funny one, Lori. Right. That was a good yeah. One. I knew that you'd like that one. I should have led with that one. It was a good one. It was better than whatever the first one well, was. Well, I, I would have thought it would have gotten more support since you've been such an advocate of the four day work week for the American. I worker. am. I am, but I know this is. You there's just some jobs that you can't do. Yeah. I, I'm I'm yeah. just laughing still about so, okay, a new way to use respiratory. Here's another study of yeah. duh, okay. and this will come as no surprise to anybody who owns what I would call a grumpy dog. <laughs> and a grumpy dog. <laughs> the dogs aren't grumpy cats, are No, Julia. Yeah. Uh, is there such thing there as are a grumpy, grumpy dog? dogs? Right. Yes, there are. This I, is the dog. It was spoken like a woman who had a high school dog in her family. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I've but done like, a lot you of walk studies. past their house and they bark at you. Oh, grumpy. Like, this is yeah. the dog that pet shelters will say needs a very special owner. <laughs> <laughs> this is the dog that very special owners not, are not forever having to explain to their friends. Well, that's petunia's chair that's petunia's rug actually this is petunia's house and we just live in it let's go to a coffee shop i can't have you in the house because i have a dog yeah they're just grumpy they're they bark or they snarl they snap they do all kinds of things um they guard food to keep it from other dogs or people they're active they're restless they're grumpy guess what the grumpy dogs are better at doing they have a hidden talent this is from a study in hungary no they can learn better from a stranger than the more easygoing dogs. If oh. they are very, they're very, you can, you can take them to doggy school. And mm-hmm. even though they're grumpy, they're going to learn better than the happy go lucky. Oh. All right. <laughs> yeah. We learned when we bought our dog, they're like, oh. instead of it, if you think it's going to be a guard dog, it would probably help the burglars. It's, it's that nice and sweet of a dog. You'd be like, oh, come on in burglars. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, you know, I'll help you. 
But that's what that coming. So yeah, we have the opposite of a grumpy dog. Yeah, all dogs have a job, and sometimes a grumpy dog's job is to be grumpy while it's doing its other dog thing. Now this is the part of the study I'm making up. <laughs> There's always the part. You're always making stuff. I, know. I love it. I like to make just... my studies fit what I want to share. My outcome. Well, the dogs are social learners. So mm-hmm. anyway, I gotta, I gotta put this in Katie K9's box. I don't yes. know. I'm sure she knows. This. That's it, another weird sentence, but go ahead. Yeah, Katie K9's box <laughs> at the station here. Okay. Um, because I love to share a little dog studies with our dog expert because they just did like this funny experiment with a treat in front of a fence of either a v or a hiding something in plain view and anyway the grumpy dogs were better way better than the happy-go-lucky dogs at learning it only taking them one one or two times all right so there you go okay now this what would you think would be the explanation for why Cheese stinks. Stinks. Mm-hmm. Okay, why it stinks? But it's delicious. Because it's yes, like it is. Milk going bad. Milk goes bad. Right there, you go, Rocco. Milk goes <laughs> bad. <laughs> no, it's milk. That's a bumper it's sticker. Milk. milk. Rocco says it like me. Did I say milk that time? You and say they milk. do say like Danish or Scandinavian countries milk. Is, is called milk. Mm. Thank you. I'm, M-E-L-K. I know, Lori, and I don't know. If you go to know, Ikea, do they call it that? Yes. Yeah, if you go, I'm looking for the milk <laughs> and Swedish maple. <laughs> no. Does it come with a sloth? Lori, and you hate always some milk, and it's from your people. Well, I know, but you say it maybe because you're just a <laughs> lazy... Annunciator. Annunciator. I have horrible enunciation. Everyone yeah. knows I... I remember watching Donnie do the warm-ups. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. Really? Maybe mm-hmm. we should do that. <laughs> Before no. we do our ads. He would sit in there. Hey, 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 yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. He would do it over there. I mean, he was a professional. Yeah, I remember an inquiry to many mumbling mice are making merry music in the moonlight. Mighty nice. Memory mumbling nice, <laughs> making love in the moonlight, mighty might. I yeah. only know the Sally at the seashore and the dirty limerick about the guy in Wait. Nantucket with the bucket. <laughs> 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 of course, you would know the dirty one. Oh, Julia, doesn't everybody? What yeah. rhymes with bucket? A really great word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Julia two told really us great it was words. Limerick Day last week. It right? was Limerick mm-hmm. Day. We were all here together, the three of us. Yes, we had memorable. Don't get used to it. <laughs> Tomorrow. We gotta go. I oh. can't even tell you what she stinks. It'll be a theory oh, on Thursday. It's a teaser. Oh, so okay. we have to wait for it. Oh, oh yes. it, you're, you're... all good things, people. <laughs> okay. Check I it thought out. about it, but media day was from eight to ten a.m., so I didn't feel like getting oh, up for Rocco. that. Sorry. Because uh, there's a lot of room. I mean, right? Because uh, there's a lot of lot of room out there, so people are kind of like I know a couple of people went this weekend. Was it fun? I think yeah, it'd be so it. fun. Yeah, they liked it, but it's weird to go to the fairgrounds. With just like 10,000 people. Oh, right. You know, because the cars are all spread out and stuff well, like that. Well, imagine going to the drive through Glow event at the fair at the holidays. Yeah, that must have been more crowded. I did that. 
Yeah, we did that. I used to go to the fair just to do Pokemon because it was like a very Pokemon uh, friendly Pokemon place. Pokemon Go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they shut it down because people started driving over barriers and stuff. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they're like, they, they, they like petitioned Pokemon to get rid of all the virtual stops that were throughout the fair. Oh, really? And, they, and it happened. It was weird. Wow. That's um, how we, you know. Well, we're never, Lori and I are the only two people we know that don't game at all. They they what? We're not gamers. It's all right. Mm-mm. You I don't play anything on your phone. Have you like ever done? Ni- don't you love it on um, Mayor of Easttown? How uh, Gene Smart plays Fruit Ninja yeah, yeah. on the iPad constantly. Yeah. yeah, no, Julia, we've never for one second had moments of any kind I of angst it. about. I tried Pokemon. Pokemon. Nobody knows. I remember when Some it started. Some of my friends play that. Yeah, I know, but like, we were just. Who are you? Yeah, who are you right now that you're like trying to think that we ever had any regret? We specifically talked about it. You know how much it. money the gaming industry brings in on an annual basis? We missed that zeitgeist. Yeah. What did we miss? Making money on it. I think you're fine. It's yeah. a time waster. But you don't play anything on your phone or anything? No. Still, um, you sit in the I, waiting room? Or? I play um, Daily Mail. <laughs> Reading page six. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That you mean you guys are email that fun game. Right. You guys got to have material for your show all the time. See, okay, they, so well, speaking of material, uh, mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop is getting sued for five million dollars uh, because her seventy-five dollar this smells like like my vagina candle exploded on a man's uh, nightstand and he became engulfed in flames. He got a little bit hurt. So, but but how does a candle explode? Well, there there's been at least two. How do candles explode, Lori? Apparently, whatever they're putting in the vagine scent. scent? Because as we learn from Halston, there are three notes to her Yes, perfume. sir. Tell us what they are. The bottom mm-hmm. note, the middle note, mm-hmm. and the top note. Mm-hmm. Vera Farmiga playing an amazing That's who that was. Yes. Oh! It was driving and me crazy. This is the Halston show on Netflix. And the woman who plays Martha Graham in the last two episodes is Chris Noth's, Noth's mom from The Good Wife. Oh, because I, I haven't seen the last two. I'm going to watch and that then tonight. Emily Gilmore yes. plays Eleanor Lambert. Yes, that's who the, that is. Big, the publicist yes. who did The Palace of Versailles. Yes, yeah, you're right. Because I was like, who, who is this? I that's know this Emily person. Emily Gilmore. That's right. Kelly, I'm trying to think of her acting name. But anyway, so Goop has got a lawsuit, you know, happening with two exploding candles. But I mean, have you ever, I buy so many candles, I don't know any that explodes. Ever in my life. Mm -mm. Ever, ever. No. And um, let's see. Oh, this was the big um, thing yesterday that we uh, talked about. And now maybe, like, now that we've had a day to go over it. Okay. People are like, oh, now the now the millennials uh, know what it's like to have people say, okay, boomer, when it came out that there's an age group that's heavily coveted and targeted. But in the marketing world, they're being referred to as geriatric millennials. And people just do not like the word geriatric. No. For pregnancies, millennials, but it's targeted. It's people born between 1980 and 85. Okay. And they're... they're too old to be a regular millennial and still younger than a Gen X. Basically, it's the Gen Jonesers. We just got a better name. Okay. But it's because they, they're comfortable with both real conversations and digital. Right. They're, they're the first okay. generation to grow up with a PC, 
Like yeah. baby boomers, not all of them grew up with the TV, but everyone, Jen Jonesers, had a TV in their house. Right. And a dad that wasn't Boomers had radio. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they're like, this is a coveted thing, but people, I am finding it so... That's funny. ...hysterical that... And the person who coined it just said, listen, this is the special micro-generation that advertisers are targeting at, and people are like... So how looking, old are these people now? Well... 80, 90, 1980, 80, 85. So they're like in their like uh, 34, 35, 36, 37, like that age. Did you do the math right? Uh, Casey's kids are yes, both. Yes, I was just going to say the kids. M- I was just going to say they're the both, kids. They're born like in 82 and 84. Yeah, okay. So his kids, because they didn't get cell phones. I think Rocco might be little bit older than a geriatric, but yes, Brittany I'm, was I'm a, right in Gen X. Yeah, Brittany's a geriatric millennial. Not right. getting a phone till you're in high school right. or college. Okay, got it. Yeah. Not growing up with social media. Being attached to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything okay. like that. So Okay. But that's their new name. And geriatric they're gonna, millennials. They can try and get a better one. Like we got a good one, our old Jen Jones are. Yeah, I know. You know, our micro special generation, Jules. Um, but anyway, uh, Gen Z sent all the 70-somethings into a tizzy, you know, like last year or maybe it was late 2019 with the OK Boomer. Right, I remember. Remember that? I didn't mind it. I think it was funny. Yeah, well, you know, that's because you're not a boomer. Right. If somebody comes up with some terrible slur against Jen Jonesers. We'll see how we feel We'll see it. how we okay, feel. Jen Jones. Right. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. No, anyway, no I know. Are they going to do that? Okay, can we just talk about how sad we are that Rebel's been canceled? I just need to say two things about Julia, network television. They it. never stick with shows long enough. I know. Ever. They that dump them. Quick. That They dump them that it was a great show. I would not work for a network right now. I would work for um, Netflix or something because it, it's such a buzzkill. It's such to, a fun to be good sucked show. into something they cancel. All right, we're not right. going anywhere. We'll be back tomorrow. Job Have done. a good night.